NFL fans, are you hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner. It's that simple. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code PFF this weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports spending partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Min $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome in. It is the Monday edition of the PFF Betting Podcast. We have basically put a bow on week eight of the NFL season. And, you know, there was quite a bit of drama-filled games uh, in week eight. We'll touch on that quickly. We also have, you know, Monday Night Football, Giants, Chiefs, Chiefs, 10.5-point favorites, 52-point total. Uh, we'll dive into that from the, both the player props and showdown perspective with Kevin Cole. But, Kevin, first, I want to get some of your uh, initial takeaways here from Week 8. What really uh, what really jumped out to you as far as, you know, some of the things that we happened uh, come out here on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I'm already hearing some... Some some takes floating around in the in the in the taker sphere about the Titans maybe being the best team in the AFC because I guess it's because the Bills ended up struggling despite the fact they ended up winning by 15 points. So I'm just gonna say let's just slow your roll on right. on that whole thing. I had to admonish Bengals fans last week for getting a little too uh, uppity after their victory the week before, and we saw what happened to them. So just be be careful. <laughs> Titans fans. I know you I, I know you've already taken your Jets loss, but there are more potential bad losses to come. Yeah, definitely. That was uh, you know, not exactly what Bengals fans expected. Eleven and a half point closing favorites losing outright <laughs> to the, you know, New York Jets with Mike White at quarterback, probably the player of the week. Uh, but yeah, it was ugly for the Bengals for sure. I do understand, you know, I've heard the same things as far as the Titans being potentially the best team in the AFC. I don't agree with it. I would still put the Bills up there. Obviously, they didn't look good for three quarters, but they yeah. got it done at the end. I'm wondering, though, I know, I know, you know, you've been going to battle somewhat with, you know, this Justin Fields thing and everything else, but I got to get your feeling now through eight weeks. How would you kind of uh, rank the rookie quarterbacks here in 2021 so far? I mean, can I – I know he's not a rookie, but because he had no career pass attempts, can I put Mike White at number one? He probably should be, right? I mean, I guess I guess if you want to go that route, that's to, that's reasonable expectation. But then I got to hear at least two through five after. Um, I mean, as of now, it's tough. Like, if, if I'm just going to say if I were going to redraft them, I mean, I think I'd still take Lawrence first. Right. I think it's still fair to say I think Wilson second since he went, you know, pretty early there. I mean, I don't know if I would change the ordering that much other than the fact that Mac Jones looks like he is perhaps a bit better than we thought. I don't know if he looks like he should be a top five pick, but maybe he looks right. like someone who – 
could be equivalent to a Justin Fields, obviously giving you a much different type of player, but his right. style and the way he plays seems to fit into the NFL as well as you would have hoped. Yeah, definitely. And I agree with you. And I know people are going to obviously go back to Mac Jones potentially going third overall to the 49ers. I don't, and kind of like what you said, I don't necessarily see Mac Jones style fitting really well with that 49ers offense. Of course, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, very successful day in the air and on the ground here scoring two touchdowns today against the Bears. But um, I just think, uh, you know, maybe there's some regret with Kyle Shanahan potentially going the Trey Lance route. I'm not quite sure. Uh, there are some reports indicating that so far, but we'll see how that actually plays out. But I had to get your opinion on it. I know you're taking a little bit of flack for the Bears uh, Justin Fields performance even though they ended up losing and not even coming close to covering at the end of the game but uh, anytime I guess a rookie quarterback rushes for over 100 yards you're going to hear some chirping at the end of the day but I still think uh, you're fighting the right battles continue on sir I definitely appreciate you uh, grinding it out in the Twitterverse grinding it out in those streets so we will <laughs> well, see Field, what Field still took four sacks in, took four sacks. Uh, in, in right. 39 dropbacks so he's keeping his 10 plus percent sack rate going so we'll, right. we'll just continue to harp on that we gotta harp on that gotta harp on that so I guess who who do you have as the number one team in the AFC right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to stick with the Bills, I think, for now. I mean, the thing is, they looked a little clunky offensively in this game, obviously. But I don't think the Dolphins have a poor defense. I feel like if right. they can man up well on the back end, they, they're somewhat similar to what the Saints do as far as being able to man up where they're going to give up some big plays, but there is a potential during the course of the game if everything goes right that they don't give up those plays. And sometimes Allen can can make a bunch of big plays and sometimes he can struggle a little bit like he has been doing this season. I think more impressively, they just shut down the Dolphins and maybe it's not the most difficult offense to shut down, but they did basically shut them down. I mean, a couple of things went wrong for the Dolphins. They missed a 37 yard field goal. They had a snap that went off of their tight end in motion that they ended up losing out. But still, we're talking about maybe they would have scored an additional six points uh, to 10 points, something like that. It still was a strong defensive performance for the Bills. So I think that's looking good for them going forward. Yeah, definitely. And I agree with you. And I think, you know, obviously the Dolphins hit a really rough patch defensively in the middle of the year. No Xavier Howard, no Byron yeah. Jones. Both those guys are back now. I think, you know, the defense that they, the capabilities that they have on defense are a lot better with those two in the fold. So I agree with you. I do think they are still, you know, a top tier defense and what the Bills were able to do finally in that fourth quarter, it kind of put the game away. I did, did think bad, it was kind of impressive. Bad beat so. though, I would say for, for Dolphins betters of which right. I was one of them taking right. him at 14. I mean, I haven't run my numbers yet, but I assume the score is going to come out. My, my adjusted scores are going to come more like this was as, I don't know, like a seven point Ten. victory for yeah. the Bills as opposed to being a, a 15 point victory. Definitely. I can agree with you on that. So what do you make of the Browns then, right? Like Browns mm, lose yeah. to the Steelers. Are you assigning more credit or, you know, are you giving more credit to the Steelers for that? Or is this more of this like the Browns just did not come to play today? I think there were a few, maybe even what I would consider questionable decision-making things from the Browns uh, spots where I thought they would go for it on fourth down, which they punted at. Um, what do you make of that particular matchup here on Sunday? Yeah, I didn't like the fact that they – ended up taking a 
uh, a penalty, a delay of game, and then kicking from the 49-yard line right at midfield. That's something I feel like they should have done there. I mean, they're just struggling a little bit offensively. And in this case, we actually had a decent grade on Baker this this week. I think he was like a top-10 graded quarterback. I don't think he played like a top-10 rated quarterback, but the thing was they had four or five drops in this game, some of them on some pretty key instances. So I think that that really hurt them a bit. Maybe the the like ad hoc sort of decision making for Stefanski on that had something to do with the fact that the Steelers did not have their kicker for that for the game so they thought that that affected it in some way but I, I did think that was a big mistake for Stefanski I mean they haven't been converting also on these fourth downs they've been really poor conversion rate on these fourth downs you're hoping that that would would come back at some point uh, but yeah they, they were not converting well and they, and they couldn't run the ball in this game which is really right. surprising because they've been the best running game in the NFL by far and this game they really had a very very poor running game looks like their success rate on the ground was 27 percent where normally they've been a team that's close to you know 50 percent success rate which is pretty high for a rushing team yeah definitely I agree with you I agree with you let's let's uh right before Monday Night Football I do want to talk a little bit about NFC right Buccaneers lose to the Saints uh Cardinals obviously lost on Thursday Night Football are you moving the Packers and or the Rams above the Buccaneers to be that number one team in the NFC? Or how do you kind of have those, you know, four teams kind of broken out right now? You know, this doesn't really affect my rating on the Bucs. I mean, I liked the Saints plus the five and a half points. Um, at least initially it was five and a half points. Maybe it moved, it, I think it moved down after that for for the Saints on this week just because they have a strong defense. And again, they gave up that big play to Mike Evans. But other than that, they can play this kind of cover two man defense. Uh, you know, Marshawn Lattimore is playing really, really well. And the Bucks, you know, they struggled. Uh, I think Brady had three turnover-worthy plays in this game where he only had one the entire season leading into this. So there were some problems, but I think the Saints are a better team than some other things. Now, obviously, they don't have Jameis going forward. I saw a theory posited by Will Brinson about the fact that Philip Rivers mentioned maybe coming back oh, wow. to a team who may need him late in the season. His high school coaching is over. His team did not make the playoffs. Uh, I don't know, man. That seems pretty good to me because turning this team over to Taysom Hill, even if he you know, passes concussion protocol, Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon going forward. I'm not so sure about this. I do think they're a team that can, that can do something. And I don't think Philip Rivers could be that much worse as far as arm strength and things like that than Drew Brees was uh, the last couple of years. So I, I, th- that could be an interesting one going forward. If anything, I would think that they're a, a maybe a sneaky competitive team if they can get things together because the Packers, I wasn't that impressed with their victory this week. Right. And I still feel like the Bucks are significantly better than the Packers with the Rams being in the mix, in the mix. Uh, I can't make too much out of a victory against the Houston Texans though. Yeah, definitely. And not even a covered victory, right? Of course, Texans yes. definitely kicked down the back door. Well, the, the Rams should have been line. up like 50 nothing right, right. at one point in this game. They didn't convert a fourth down. They had some bad passes for staff where they kept getting the ball early and early and it still looked like they would easily cover but the fact that they didn't get a touchdown or two earlier that they should have gotten ended up burning betters in the end right now you can get 25 percent off any pff subscription if you use code betting pod grades and data are live for every single player who logged a snap last week you can go check out all the highest graded players from week eight and look to find some early value on spread picks and player props for week nine what can you get with a pff subscription 
all of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade power projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. Our player props tool, which shows plus minus value for every NFL prop. PFF NFL Greenline, we got a DFS optimizer, and so much more. Support the pod and use promo code BETTINGPOD for 25% off any subscription. Yeah, definitely. That one that one doesn't feel good. I think if you got the opening line, um, you know, yes. Rams minus 14 and a half, you obviously covered 16 and a half. Uh, you got to do that early betting. Got to get that line shopping in a little bit. Obviously, uh, things can definitely come back to bite you uh, if you do not do that. But I, I agree with you on the Buccaneers. I do think, you know, the Saints, interesting. I think, I mean... If, if they're going to go back to Phillip Rivers, I don't know why they don't just call up Drew Brees or something, right? See if he can still, you know, sling it down the field a la Ben Roethlisberger a little <laughs> I think, bit. I think, I think Phil. Phil may have a little bit Phil, more. He has I mean, he's a little bit more left in the tank. All right. All right. I think we'll, so. We'll I see think what so. happens. I think Peyton's going to be making some calls. I do agree with you. With Taysom Hill at quarterback, uh, definitely not as excited about the Saints team going forward. It's unfortunate. Jameis Winston uh, looked quite good, uh, you know, throughout the course of this 2021 season so far. So it's kind of disappointing to see if that was as serious of an yeah, I mean, he, he threw a dime to, to Traquan Smith right. early early in the right. game, too. Right. So it's just definitely disappointing to see him taken out. And it looks like an ACL will we'll get the... Well, you know, we'll get the results later. But we did get Jameis dancing on his crutches right. post-game in the locker right. room. So, you know, there's, you know, there's bad and there's good. There's the bad and there's the good. Yin and the yang, the yeah. and the yang yeah. doll. Yeah, doll I always get life. those TikTok Jameis videos. That's what we live for right now. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. But all right, we got Monday Night Football. We got Giants-Chiefs, 10-point uh, spread. It's kind of where it opened it up. I do think it's moved out to 10.5 in some spots. Added the hook. 52.5-point yes. total, sitting between 52, 52.5. Do you like anything? Thing on the spread or total in this matchup? I mean, if I was going to lean anyway, it would have been towards the Chiefs, maybe at 10. Now that it's going out to 10 and a half, uh, I'm probably content not to do anything. I mean, the Chiefs are very famously awful against the spread right. over the course of the last season. So I, I'm not chomping at the bit to do something like that. Daniel Jones has been pretty good this year. He had the one stinker game against the Rams but other than that he's been okay so against this Chiefs defense basically anyone could score so uh, so I don't know if I would be that confident um I think the player props are somewhat interesting we have the uh some of Tyreek Hill stuff popping here and I kind of like that because you know Tyreek's had this thing this season where he's had he's had a couple of monster games right and a few lower games this season. I, I think they have to get him going. And I know everyone's saying Patrick Mahomes has got to be more patient, take what's coming to him. I think he's got to be less patient in some ways and try to push the ball down the field. They have one of the lowest explosive play rates this season. So if, t if people are saying he needs to be more patient, I just don't understand how that works for them. Yeah, definitely. And I agree with you. I do think that they need, I and mean, you know, everyone's going to say it, this is like a get right spot for the Chiefs. They have to absolutely play well. Our player props mm -hmm. tool does like Tyreek Hill over 6.5 receptions, over 79.5 receiving yards. One of those two, if you were only betting one, what one would you lean toward and why? Uh, maybe the receptions, just because of the fact that I do think there could be some underneath plays here. 
um, some ones where he just does little stop routes and other things and gets things going. I think they're really going to have to just lean on the passing game here. So it could be a volume type of affair for for Tyreek and for the Chiefs. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. We don't have too many, you know, New York Giants pass catching player props either. Of course, there's some injury situations still need to get sorted mm-hmm. out. Kenny Galladay's out. Kadarius Tony sounds like he is going to be back. I do think that's kind of the pending uh, situation right. for why we really only have like Evan Ingram's props right now. Some Devontae Booker, those sorts of things. Is there anything you like from a from on from the under perspective? I kind of lean toward Mikel Hardman under 3.5 receptions. I think there's obviously going to be some other guys involved. He's kind of taking a little bit more of a backseat. If you think this is going to be a Tyreek Hill game, I do think him going under his receptions is probably a justifiable play, especially if you like the Chiefs covering. Do you like any other plays in the player prop market? Yeah, I think I, I do like the Michael Hardman under. I don't really even see much of a difference with him right now, honestly, between him and uh, Byron Pringle and right. uh, Demarcus Robinson, they're all right. se- somewhat interchangeable, which is strange. I mean, we have a lot of unders here that are popping on Devonte Booker. I mean, maybe we're not quite aggressive enough on some of our projections for him and how much he'll be the lead guy in that backfield. But whenever you can find a pure replacement level player in a matchup where he may be trailing quite a bit maybe the under on just the number of carries that'll get at 13 and a half is is a thing to play yeah definitely and at a plus price too we are getting a little bit of break on that he basically has what gotten 12 and 14 since he's kind of become that lead lead sort of guy in that giants backfield so uh kind of splitting the difference there i Definitely agree with you. Game game script perspective, uh, he's probably going to struggle to get over that number. So what are you seeing more from the showdown perspective, right? I know you talked about kind of McCall Hardman, uh, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, all kind of interchangeable. You really like Tyreek Hill. Are you kind of looking toward Hill as kind of that captain showdown player? Or is there somebody else that's kind of popping up in your projections? Yeah, I, I think Hill is a good choice here. I mean, if we were a few weeks ago, he, he would just be rostered on such a higher amount. I mean, I think too many people are going to probably be on Mahomes vis-a-vis Hill when it comes to the captain spot. So, yeah, I think Hill is decent. I think even Kelsey is decent. I mean, neither one of these guys have really had the big games that we would have expected from them. So I like either one of those guys there. If you go down a bit further down in the cost range, I think Sterling Shepard is interesting because of the fact that with Kadarius Tony playing, I don't know how effective Tony's going to be. I don't know what the injury is going to be. I know he's had some big games, but let's, you know, he's still a rookie, right? And he hasn't necessarily going to be the most consistent player going forward. And Sterling Shepard's just been this guy who's gobbling up a lot of target share. So I think he is an interesting choice for someone that people may be sleeping on a bit at the captain spot. And then, or if you want to go in the flex spot, but I think in particular in the captain spot. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Actually, I do think, uh, I do think Kadarius Tony is probably going to be a popular choice just based on the, you know, the success that he has yeah. had when he has been playing uh, and people kind of like to get ahead of the curve on some of those rookies. So I think maybe that'll inflate his roster proje- percentage just a little bit. Uh, so I definitely agree with you. I do think Sterling Shepard is an interesting pivot. What do you see in uh, Travis Kelsey, right? Hasn't necessarily been, you know, all that, I guess probably hasn't lived up to like, you know, the fantasy billing and those sorts of things uh, this year so far has basically gone uh, over on his receiving yards only in three of four game, three of seven games so far this season. I think he's uh, been under his receptions and uh, all but one game, basically two weeks ago, finally got, you know, seven receptions last week against Tennessee, eight against Washington the week before. That was the first time he's gone over. What are you seeing from him from a showdown perspective? 
Yeah, he looks okay. He has a little bit of value as a captain, not quite as much uh, in the flex spot, but slight value in the flex spot. So if you, if you want to play him, go ahead. Uh, again, Shepard's a guy who's popping a bit more, and it's a way... Also, Shepard's a way to, to save salary, which then could be applied to getting Mahomes in as a flex or something like that. Uh, that's a little bit more difficult to do if you're going to double up with uh, Kelsey, because Kelsey is the, you know, the third highest salary in this matchup it's Mahomes it's Hill and it's Kelsey so it it does make it a little bit difficult to fit in Mahomes and then you're going to have to be bargain barrel basement whatever scraping for other guys right definitely I I definitely yeah I can see that for um you know as the situation that's going to play out here so 52 and a half point total are you trying to get both quarterbacks into the flex how are you kind of uh, approaching Daniel Jones here yeah, Daniel Jones is a slight value in the flex, so if you can get both of them in, I think that works. Or you can go towards a different game script. Like, if you want to say, uh, we're going to do a blowout game script with the Chiefs, then maybe you can fade Jones, and you can even throw in something like the Chiefs' defense, where, again, this is like, no one wants to play the Chiefs' defense because of how awful they are. But if you get ahead, you're a, you're a 10, 10.5-point favorite, you get what you need, and from Daniel Jones, he will give you sacks, he will give you strip sacks, he will give you some interceptions in a bad matchup, he will maybe give you a pick six, all those things are in play. So I think that might be also a way to go, is to focus on some of the Chiefs players, uh, find a Giants player you think can score a touchdown, but maybe not also roll, roll Daniel Jones with the assumption he's not going to be very efficient in this game and then throw the Chiefs defense in there. There we go. Yeah, maybe that guy is Sterling Shepard. I do like that quite a bit. I think, yes. you know, maybe more of a Chiefs heavy approach, especially if you expect them to, you know, cover the spread, all those things. I do think that uh, maybe, you know, a pretty great option here to kind of be successful from a showdown perspective. So make sure you check out Kevin Cole's article. It's going to be up on pff.com. Uh, you, by the time you're listening to this, make sure you check out the player props tool. You know, PFF Greenline, we do have just a little bit of value on the game spread in total right now. So make sure you check that out as well. All the other great content tools that we have available from Ben Brown, joined by Kevin Cole. We appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Betting Podcast.